Yam Time is brought to you by Saini Media. We messed up before starting this episode by planning to do both the Eastern and Western Conference when it comes to choosing our contenders and pretenders. We said at the beginning of the episode that we would be going through both, but obviously knowing us, we rambled a lot and we we discussed a lot of teams and, and kind of went a little more in depth than we thought we would have. Uh, so we ran out of time by the time we finished the East. So we're actually going to move the Western Conference into next week's episode. Please, you know, forgive us for mentioning at the beginning that we were going to do all teams. We're not. We're only focusing on the Eastern Conference this episode. Next week, we'll be going over the West. Still a great listen, though, and we hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of Yam Time. As always, you're here with your hosts, Hoop, Saney, and the infamous CZ Hunter. No nicknames today. I, I felt that the last ones were kind of stretching it already at episode yeah. two. I, I was going to go for Say Nihao. But, uh, oh my god, that's disrespectful. <laughs> no, no, it's so disrespectful. See, it says it's Saini, but it's Say Nihao. Uh, you know See, what? That's why I didn't I, say I'm it. from Asian descent, so that, that makes sense. I, I mean, I'm not I, Chinese, but I also, before, before we get started, I wanted to uh wish you guys a, a happy belated Taj Gibson day. Bro, shut <laughs> up, <laughs> February 18th. Um, you know, I, I hope you boys had a had a great day and I celebrated mean... with family. And all that. <laughs> Bro, I'm yeah. not gonna give that context. If you know, you know. Man, and the best part about Todd Gibson days, it's right around, uh, right after Valentine's Day. So I go get some discounted heart chocolates, <laughs> and I just enjoy the day. You know, <laughs> really take a day for myself. Uh, it's kind of like Bro. a rest period for me. I wonder. I wonder how Tom Thibodeau uh, celebrates. Uh, I, I before we get the episode started, I'll just, I just have a quick warning to. Uh, he just blew that off. To the to the <laughs> listeners, <laughs> apologies, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, Tibbs said that he didn't even celebrate the All Star Weekend. I don't think he's celebrating Taj Gibson Day for me. <laughs> I don't know. He loves Taj. Loves him some Taj. I I, I got to give a warning to the to the viewers though. Um, Taj Mahal. I put I I told my job, my government job, that I wasn't gonna go in because it was Taj Gibson Day. I don't have a government job anymore. So take that, take that how you want to take that. You no, nah, I'm just playing. Uh, if we want to, I don't understand. I don't understand how that man has a day in New York City. Like, like if that, it was Chicago, I'd understand. Hey, all right, as now, a diehard, like I got pro sexual. But at the end of the day, like I don't give a damn, bro. Before when Tom you... Gibson was out there in 2021, giving it his all at the ripe old age of 67, I was sitting there saying to myself, bro, there's no way that they're going to resign this man or he's going to be here after. And now we're in 2024. Not only does this man have a day, but this man, he's had two 10-day contracts. This is you you can't be – he didn't get that from hooping, bro. But wait, wait. Before you give context on it, I just want to – Paint a picture for the viewers here because for those of you who didn't watch the video or knew about it, just imagine Taj Gibson and as big of a guy as he is, he's like what, like six eight, however tall he is. Imagine Taj Gibson in a white Louis V scarf that just covers his whole body while the mayor is just standing there saying, I officially dub this day as Taj Gibson, as he just politely claps his hands <laughs> on the stage <laughs> while he gets honored in a scarf that I genuinely think could warm a family of four. <laughs> and it just says Louis V all over it. Uh, I was going to bring up the scarf. Yeah, I was going to say the first that. thing I noticed. I was like, where's his face? 
No, that's like like white woman 2017, yeah. like autumn Pinterest type <laughs> vibes, bro. Bro, yeah. That was a scarf scarf. Yeah. Um, anyways. A bougie if, scarf. If you look up Taj Gibson Day on uh, Google, it pops up without the website showing up. That's how, that's how, that's how big it is. It says. That's how big it is. <laughs> Bro, we pop up on Google a few days. <laughs> Google me. Uh, <laughs> NYC names February 18th Taj Gibson Day! Exclamation <laughs> point. Add the add these add, add the excitement. Gibson received the honor for his legacy of charitable deeds and his ongoing efforts to help the local community and especially its younger residents. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Okay, I, didn't oh, I thought it was oh. for his uh, con- contribution no. on the court. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I geez. thought it was for his like, contribution on the court. I, I appreciate like, those four bo- boards a game, Tosh. I was like, damn, Tosh got a day before Walt Frazier? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody looking up right that's now. How we, that's how we do it in New York? <laughs> Somebody looking up right now. I got to make sure. Udonis Haslam better have a damn day. What, what's his career? <laughs> what's his career Knicks averages? Like, like uh, somebody half, gets seven, half a block? Bro. I would say half a Under block Under seven is points per game. I love I Taj. Care. We're hating on Taj right now. Yeah, dude. I love Taj Gibson. Don't get me wrong. I love the videos of him 12 minutes in the game, like, like pour, pouring his heart oh, hands out. on his knees, pouring bro. his heart out <laughs> to get back up the court. Like you gotta respect it. I'll give you 10 minutes. I'm not hating, but I've listened to the uh, like the local Knicks broadcast, and they're talking about how when he was out the league, he was like running up and down the Brooklyn Bridge to stay in shape, <laughs> and like literally playing pickup like I on the local it. courts. I respect it. Hell yeah. Um, Knees weak, arms we, are heavy. I, I, I'm on the saying, sweater already. Mom's spaghetti head ass. Like, what you the, talking I, about? <laughs> <laughs> We've talked enough about Taj Gibson, I think. I think it's time to head into the, the main subject of this episode. So for today, we got one segment. It's a pretty big segment, though. We're coming back with the OG vibes, with the the creative names that we'd come up with. I think the best, by the way, sidetrack, I think the best episode name we ever came up with was when Damian Lillard signed a max contract, and we named it Dame Dalla, or whatever, like his rap name. Oh yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I'm, I'm go back and listen to that. <laughs> but um, contenders or pretenders? Now, obviously, the the reason I texted this to you guys for having this to be the episode idea, the thing that sparked the the idea, and as of February 26, I, I think this is still a fact. If not, it was a couple of days ago. The difference between the first seed in the East and the eighth seed in the East is is closer or no sorry the difference between the first seed and the second seed in the east apologies mm-hmm. is has a bigger gap than the first seed and the eighth seed in the west just to give you guys some context on how many teams are turning up in the western conference especially i mean the east is still pretty strong don't get me wrong but i think that's more of a tribute to boston yeah yeah sure. i mean i mean credit to boston i mean they've been doing phenomenal and you also have teams like milwaukee completely falling off i mean obviously the sixers had injuries they had to deal with right um but it, it's for me it just shows me how strong the west is and and it's interesting because i think this playoff run by far is going to be the most interesting we'll ever see assuming everybody stays healthy um which is why i wanted to kind of bring up the idea who who, who do we think are contenders and who do we think are pretenders this season, right? Because not everybody can be a contender. Let's be real. I mean, somebody, I mean, you could say this team looks amazing, but everything is relative to your competition, right? So I thought it would be interesting for us to go over who we think are actually contenders when it comes to, you know, the, where the NBA currently stands now. Um, I think it would be a good idea for us to each go over what we would classify as a contender, how we're going to rank these teams per se. And then, 
that way we can give a little bit more insight on why we made our picks because I mean, it would be pretty easy for me to say, well, well, they're balling right now, you know? Uh, so <laughs> I'd, I'd love, they are for, hooping. I'd love for you guys to, to, you know, allow the the listeners to pick your brain a little and see your standpoint on it. I mean, I can go first and, and tell you guys what I'm thinking of to be a contender. I don't think there's any reason to explain what a pretender is because a pretender is anything that doesn't fall into the category of what a contender is for you. Now, for me, how I'm judging this, and this might be a little straightforward and it might be a little bit easy, uh, but the reason I do it is because it's, it's very straightforward. It's a very easy way for me to think about it is I only have two contenders from the Eastern and the Western Conference, and those are the two teams I think can make it to their respective conference finals. If I don't think a team can make it to the third round, I don't think they're a contender, and I think that's fair to say. You can't call a team a contender when you think they'll probably get bounced out in the second or the first round, no matter how good or talented they look. Remember, it's all relative to their competition. So my contenders are in, are going to be the two best teams from each conference that I, that I, I believe are there right and i'll say that as we go through the teams i'm not going to reveal that instantly um, but any team that doesn't fall in the category of these are conference finals locks for me are pretenders to me um, so that's what how i'm thinking of it whoever wants to go next can go right ahead but um i'll go since hoop's still on mute uh for me when i look at contenders uh especially relative to obviously conference i like how saney pointed out that he does two from each conference for me, when I look at the conference, I say to myself, uh, there's some years where I could have four teams that I think are contenders, five teams, probably six, five max. I'll say five max. But for me in the Eastern Conference specifically this year, it's easy for me to say like the Boston Celtics are a contender. But at the same time, I called Hoop earlier on the phone and I was like, yo, I could realistically see the Knicks making it to the Eastern Conference finals. Assuming health and all that, you know, they get OG back and all the whole crew. Like I can see that at the same time. I can also see a team like the Heat. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into my list, but you get what I'm, you get the picture. Same thing goes for the Western Conference. Uh, the Nuggets are obviously a lock for me as they're the reigning defending champions, but I could see another team like the Oklahoma City Thunder with what they got and how SGA has been rolling, and I think he would continue to roll in the playoff series, multiple at that. Uh, I could say that they're a contender. I could say that the Clippers are a contender by default because they have four Hall of Famers on their team. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me – uh, I definitely will have years where it can be as limited to like at minimum three and at max five. But yeah, that's me. Hoop, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I guess my definition is just if I think you have a chance of winning the whole thing, that's like uh, enough for me to say I could see it happening. Then right. you're a contender. Right. I don't, again, like straightforward answers. answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's more like winning the whole thing, though. Right. Okay. Like, okay. That's even fair. even if that's it's a, a long shot. Even right. if it's a long shot and I see it, like it's, it's different <laughs> right. than from people telling me it's a long shot and I don't see it. You know, yeah, like, okay. very, very personal list. And, and, <laughs> and here's the thing: I would agree with you in any other season hoop, but this season to me is a is a rarity. It's the first time that I've ever seen this much competition to the point where realistically everybody or like eighty percent of teams in playoff contentions truthfully have a shot, depending on how their run goes who they're matched up with, um, which is why I decided to limit myself to choose the two teams from each conference that I think have the best shot because I think most teams put them in a series. It could go either way, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it is, it is 
there's again like the top two teams in the west are two very inexperienced teams so it's going to be very right. interesting how they play out right like you don't know how oklahoma is going to react in in playoff time you don't know how minnesota is going to react in playoff time right it's things it's little things like that that while it is possible because they're turning up in the regular season and you can't judge them based on i hate this this notion by the way or this this stigma or idea that young teams can't go far in the playoffs like you need oh, yeah. experience especially nowadays i think that players are so talented that if you put them in a series like it genuinely could go either way obviously experience for the most part does you know prevail and, and come out on top but to write off a team especially nowadays just because they're younger i i that's not going to be my reasoning for for why i choose certain teams i'll say that much mm -hmm. but i mean we can get into it we can start from however you guys want to do it bottom up from the play-in to i mean some teams are going to be obvious we can just scratch them off but yeah, yeah, let's I mean, start. Let's start in the uh, in the East plans. You want to go uh, bottom to top or top to bottom? Yeah, bottom, bottom to, to top. top for sure. Bottom to All top. Right. Who wants to name them off? I have no issue. With I, I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. So at number ten, tenth seed, Atlanta Hawks, contenders or pretenders? For me, pretenders. <laughs> yeah, this is the most mid team, and Trey Young's out too now for four to six yeah. weeks, so they might not even be in the plan. Um, uh, and for anybody listening in the future, this is as of uh, before February twenty sixth. 2024's games uh but trey young yeah he's in no they're pretend they're the they're the most mid team ever bro i'm going to see the knicks play the hawks next tuesday God, that's who? hurting bro <laughs> that's hurt look at the pain in his did you even know trey young was out yeah okay i thought you found <laughs> out from this recording no, I, I found out yesterday on my phone Not, i was like that's hurting bro it's tragic, bro. That's hurting, bro. And that's a that's a player to watch in New York too, Trey. Yes, Young. that's a player yes. to watch in New York too. Dang, hoop! I I oh for two I, on I games. You, I hurt crazy. for you, and I hope you still have fun at the game. I hope Dejounte Murray drops forty for your sake. Me too. That's crazy. Uh, moving forward, ninth seed, Chicago. Wait, wait, hoop, you didn't save, but I mean, I'm oh assuming. yeah, you didn't, you didn't. No, they're not. Yeah, I can't. Move, move, move. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, ninth seed, Chicago move Bulls. On. Move, move on. Move on. Nah, uh, rest up, Zoe. Shout out seed. Alex Caruso. He yeah, let's shout out the Bulls. Yeah. Big Boots. Yeah. Big Penguins. I'll say this to the Bulls' credit. Assuming they're fully healthy, you know, they have Lonzo and everything, they're pretenders. Oh, oh, they're oh. pretenders. <laughs> 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 I got No, they're pretenders. Hey, I do mess with Lonzo, though. As as long as you yeah. have DeMar DeRozan as yeah. your centerpiece, you're not going far. Remember when Lonzo was in, wasn't injured, though, and they were healthy, and they were, like, the one seed for a bit? Like, yes. low-key, like, yes. in 2021? Like, yes. they were nice, but they're still pretenders. Sorry. Uh, anyway, moving forward, eighth seed, Orlando Magic. Talk to me. Not yet. PB. Not yet. PB. I agree. Pretenders this season, probably pretenders next season. Talk to me in two years. Hey, I get, agree. Get Franz a little baggy bag. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? While we're talking about Orlando, though, to their credit, one of the most underrated bench duos is Mojo, bro. Mo Wagner and Joe Ingles <laughs> are a duo to watch out for off the bench. Mo Wagner, especially. He's averaging like 15 and 6 off the bench as their, mm, as their six men. Tough. Yeah, he's he nice, and they don't they don't get a lot of publicity. So I'll I'll come out here and you know they they like to focus on Paolo, you know, crying after hitting a Detroit game winner after he traveled from <laughs> Orlando to Detroit and back round trip. Um, but <laughs> shout out Mo, shout out Mo, bro. It's it, it, look out for both brothers, not just Franz, but Mo as well, and Joe Ingles too. People people forgot about Joe Shiesty. It makes me mad. <laughs> oh my god! All right, moving forward, seven seed Miami Heat. Contenders now, now we talking. Now we talking. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now I 
Go ahead, Sandy. Go ahead. You go first. You said it. All right. Apologies. Apologies. Off rip. Ladies and gentlemen, I need y'all to understand something. Look, as I said before, there are times mm. where I can have four to five contenders. Yeah. Yeah. In the last five years, though, I don't give a damn how many I got. If I don't have enough to say to Miami Heat, I'm adding one extra. Talk to me nicely. Jimmy Butler, right. if he is on Miami and he is in the Eastern Conference, which he is, Jimmy Butler is still trying to get everything that Philadelphia took and Chicago took from him back in blood. So if that means that he has to match up with the Chicago Bulls for a playing game, mark him in for 50. Bet, bet the house on Jimmy. If he has to go up against the Sixers, with or without Joel Embiid, there will be smoke, and Jimmy Butler will be coming down to Chimney to hand deliver it to, to Joel's face. Daryl Morey, it don't matter. Boston, give me a – if we get a one to eighth seed matchup with Boston and Miami, bro. Right. Right. Talk. I that's a that's a it's a what it's a what if it's a big it's what a if. Because I will because I'll say this because I I do have them as contenders because I'd feel foolish at this point with how many years they've done it. Um, I really like them in theory. Um, mm. with Terry Rozier hasn't panned out so far, but no. you get like Jimmy Butler, obviously in the playoffs in terms of creating his own shot. You get some Cody the Cody Martin master classes, but if you could get that on the regular. Scary Terry, we've seen uh, mm-hmm. well, 2018 playoff Scary Terry. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Uh, and their defense is incredible. Eric Spolstra is still alive. Uh, they are contenders as long as they're playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I want to pick apart a little bit of what Hoop was saying. Number one, with Terry Rozier, he's only played 10 games. Um, and I think he's been injured for a little bit. So I'm not going to scratch out Scary Terry in Miami yet. I mean, he's been tremendously worse. Uh, in the games he's played compared to how he was playing in Charlotte. Yeah, I'm assuming he's getting better. Exactly. He was the main guy in Charlotte for a while. If he can go back to that Boston-esque role that he Mm -hmm. had, I think that Miami is obviously going to be deadly. And like you said, Z, and I'll say this, something that really affected me when I was looking into this was Jimmy Butler's post where he's like, that time again? Yeah, yeah. And that really made me think. I was like, shoot, man. Like, the Heat really, like, as much as you want to scratch them out, they really do be coming back. But I'm going to stay true to my um, my uh, classification of a, of a contender for this season. I really want to limit myself to two because, again, you guys are naming off five teams, four teams. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that because I, I think that I need to stay true to the two teams I think will stick at stand out in the conference. So the Miami Heat, to me, are a pretender. But by all means, I'm not counting them out. Obviously, we've seen what they've done as an eight seed. And they lost the first play-in game to Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they do stuff that you don't even think of. But they don't got Max Struess off the bench anymore. You know, he was their LeBron, uh, their bread and butter. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah, that's crazy, though. No hate to Max. But I, I like they, Tommy. They do, do, they do look a little mm-hmm. bit different, though, from last season, though, bro. No Gabe Vincent, no Max Struess, right? Like, they, they do have some key bench players that really uh, – who was it? Martin? How many Khan? Oh, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh. oh. Was it Cody or Caleb Martin that was on the heat? Caleb Martin. Caleb, Caleb Martin. Martin. Like, I, I don't – has he been doing good this season? Like, like, they had a lot of, like, gems that turned up in the playoffs. Yeah. Can I see that happening again? The realist in me says no, but they've they've – time and time again prove the majority of people wrong so i'm gonna mm. say the pretenders but y'all know that meme of uh ad creeping out the door like the yeah yeah that's jimmy butler yeah. <laughs> 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 um, all right let's move on let's move on six seed indiana pacers mm. tyrese no no no, no, no. Mm. 
No, mm. no, they're pretenders. Oh, mm. They're pretenders. But let's be realistic. They they're like a solid piece away from contending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have I, Siakam, I right? Too. Like you forget that they have Siakam on that team now. You put Tyrese Siakam and one forget. more one more guy <laughs> beside them, bro. And honestly, like that that lineup is very good. They are a solid piece away from being a contender I, to me. That that okay, but I I think their defense is booty. That's what I mean. And they need a Tyrese good, Halliburton came out and said that he doesn't like playing slow. And I don't see him adjusting perfectly to a playoff style game. He adjusted perfectly to the end season style games against the Milwaukee Bucks when mm. he was mopping that ass. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> we, people we'll want to talk hate on about the, people want to hate on the, that in season tournament, but they they were hooping. You know, <laughs> the first few first few games they were bad, but like, bro, when it came down to the wire, those players were playing for that five hundred K, right? Can can we say Julius Randle's gonna pop up? He had a forty <laughs> he had a forty point game in season tournament against Milwaukee. What are we talking about? Milwaukee's defense is is terrible, abysmal. Right, right. that's true. That's true. Imagine, keep that, keep that same energy. The two of them. Keep that same imagine, energy. Imagine imagine a series between the two of them. They beat them for a while. Indiana out of is not serious yet. I, I no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. That but to Sandy's point, right? When you look at the team and you look at the squad so far this season, you you have enough where you can say. Yes, they're pretenders. But at the same time, you're looking at them and you're like, okay, well, how many more pieces away can we That's can what I mean, bro. They're second in the league in offense. You know what I mean? Like, yes, they're 25th in defense, but I, that's what I mean. Like, if they just get, a, 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 let's say, like, one or two solid defensive pieces, just get them in the top top 15 in net rating for defense with a, with a second-rated offense, bro, with the way Tyrese Halpern can, can now table I for need, a whole squad. I, you know what I mean? I need to bring this up now. What? Because... Uh-huh. As far as Milwaukee's roster goes, right, with how poorly they've been defensively, right, mm-hmm. what do you think about them needs to change in order to play better defense? They have Brooke Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Their point guard can't guard his shadow. Damn straight, damn straight. Yeah, <laughs> Could, can't guard Ty- a Tyrese can't guard a parked car, bro. Tyrese <laughs> got to lock up sometime. <laughs> Slap his hands down. <laughs> get low <laughs> then they'll be nice <laughs> only then they'll be nice Man, I don't know. that's a good point bro. that's a good point yeah. that's a good point you can't and for me honest i'll be i'll say this with milwaukee i think their biggest issue comes in the locker room it comes with let's be real the chemistry has been a little wonky whether you like it or not um switching a coach halfway through a season is wild to me i think people aren't talking enough about how Giannis is pulling a lebron right now where he's like trying to control the team and control what's going in and what's going out i think getting rid of adrian griffin was ridiculous to me i know that fans didn't like adrian griffin and that the bucks were obviously defensively they were doing worse but getting rid of adrian griffin for doc rivers is like selling a 2016 honda civic to bring in a 2009 chevy cobalt i never understood <laughs> it i did not understand it for the life of me i don't know why they thought that was a good idea i don't know what doc rivers track record said to them that said you we got, need you got this that guy. Soul. We need, yeah i don't know what doc, bro to this day and and i and i and it's so funny to me cuz the more people say this the more it really resonates with me I've never seen a championship carry a man's career more in my life 
than the 2008 Boston Celtic. And it's not even just with Doc Rivers, bro. How are we viewing Paul Pierce? How are we viewing Kevin Garnett? How are <laughs> bro, we viewing... They got a whole podcast like, together. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Optimus, like they're looking back on a dynasty. <laughs> bro, you got KG talking the most to Charles Barkley on national television because of that one ring. You know what I mean? Like the comebacks that they have on hand, Paul Pierce is talking like he can still go on the court and guard Jason Tatum for 48 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, do you see that clip with KG just... I'll give this to Garnett. I'm not hating on either they're both legends but garnett at least is like realistic where he's like bro randall will cook you right now brunson will cook you right now whatever right <laughs> like it, people do, just talk about doc rivers getting carried by the ring let's look at the rest of that celtics bro where is kendrick perkins without that ring you know what i mean like there's there's some guys where it's like where is the validity without that ring and it's it's i mean respect to them they want a ring but i'm just saying there's never been a ring that has that has carried more legacies in my life i've ever seen than that 08 boston celtics talk, talk about ray allen too ray allen won with the heat though that's not the same save lebron's legacy but but he, it is bro he hit that shot you can't say that without ray allen they don't win whether you like it or not they don't win that series without ray allen that's the reality of it <laughs> that is the clutchest shot that shot alone that is the clutchest shot in NBA history. All right, all right, you got so it. Do you I'm understand? Do you I'm understand? Giving, I'm giving I understand. I also that, understand that. that he was also in some sort of star status in Boston, where he was not in Miami. I don't like. For example, if Russell Westbrook, different situation. If he were to be on the LA Clippers like he is, go to the finals, mosey around, do a couple game winning steal, go game winning poster type stuff. Are we? Are we yes. saying there's a yes. different view on his career? Yes. No, that's not ridiculous at all. Whoa, 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 whoa. Number one, Russell Westbrook is leading the league right now in six man of the year voting. So don't act like he's just oh running God, around mosey posey doing nothing. Don't give me that. Oh my God. No. Westbrook is, if not one, he's top three minimum this season in six of the year voting. Six of the six man of the year voting. Number two, it was Westbrook's determination and leadership and, that put oh the, my that put the I agree with you but the, right the, the perception is not changing it is people changing. are not it calling Russell Westbrook a winner yes because of, I think I think it is because he he made the decision goes, that put his team on the right track and I agree track. with you he I think that second unit I the think Clippers, he is a winner the Clippers are nothing but you're talking about this second unit Yes. You'd what is the team without a second unit? You have never. Ever, hey, he didn't. He didn't lead the Clippers. He, he led the second unit, you though. Not in NBA history. <laughs> Name me a team that was successful with. He led Norman a Powell, though. Second unit. Name me. A I agree. Team. So Westbrook <laughs> is a winner then. If he yes. gets the ring with the Clippers. Yes. You're going to have to explain that to Instagram. That's fine. Are, are you agreeing with me? Yes. Oh, okay. I for the tenth time. I, I oh my goodness. I apologize. I thought you were saying that. I thought you were saying you think his perception. No. Not, not in no. general. Apologies. But you know how I get when uh. I hear Westbrook. Okay. You know how I get. But if anybody, bro, I'll sit there. I'll. Uh, you know that meme. Z show with Patrick, that's me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Full heartedly, one hundred and ten percent of the Clippers win a ring. You give Westbrook his his freaking flowers. All right. Of, of but, anybody on that team, Westbrook gets the flowers. I don't care about Paul George, James Harden. Westbrook is the reason they win. And you really think you really think who that Saney would not sit there for hours and debate back and forth with the Instagram comment section over us? No, Westbrook. no, no. He would. He's, he's I, like no. No one's ever spoon fed Mason Plumlee more buckets. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Bro, Mason Mason Plumlee, man. That that was a that was an unnecessary sw- swing. <laughs> Mason Plumlee. That's right. funny, man. 
All right, another two or three years on his career, bro. Yeah. Where are we, Indiana? Let's move on. Indiana. Let's move on. Let's move on. We're up to the fifth spot in the East. We got the Philadelphia 76ers. Talk to me nicely. Pretender because Embiid's out. Pretender more so for me, even if Embiid comes back. I don't think Maxi has the shot creating uh, abilities in a half court offense Mm. the same way as someone like a Jamal Murray would. Not saying that Jamal Murray is necessarily a better player. Because I know Maxi's been statistically dominant, right. um, but a lot of his stuff is like all, not to say that they can't run these dribble handoffs and get him going downhill. Because Tyrese right. Maxi's very fast, but in terms of like go get me a bucket, Joel Embiid in the past has needed help in that area, mm-hmm. and I don't know if Maxi is the right help. Obviously, they have like freaking Kelly Oubre, Buddy Heald, but I just don't know if it's enough. I think they're pretenders. The reason why I say because Embiid's injured and I would have a different look on it if he was healthy is because number one, Embiid was having like another MVP caliber, was going off like I've never seen a center go off before mm-hmm. in the league. And number two is I like how the Sixers built the team around him this season with Tyrese Maxey being an all-star. But not only that, they have a guy who's willing to take that second option back row seat. And then they also have really solid role players that are able to shoot like Buddy Heald. That's a perfect guy when it comes to spacing the floor, right? You have Kelly Oubre who can at random points go off for 30. Tobias Harris who at random points can go off for 30. Now, these guys are in no way am I saying as a second or third option, as like one of the main sole pieces, they can be part of a championship team. But when you bring all those guys together and you have a defensive-minded coach like Nick Nurse who can really make sure that you're holding it down on both ends because Joel Embiid, let's be honest, whether you call him a free throw merchant or not, he'll make sure your offense is peak, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with a guy like Tyrese Maxey beside him. And then you have a guy like Nick Nurse who's really making sure the rotations, whatever it may be, the matchups, like you're getting what you need on the defensive end at the same time. The Sixers, in theory, should look like a contender. Um, but again, you're right. Their track record, their history, it, it points to like them probably being a fraud at some point. But I do like the way they shape this team this time around where it's like it's clear Joel Embiid is the main guy. It's not going to be like a Harden Joel or like a Ben Simmons Joel type situation. No, it's like everything goes through Joel and everybody else is there for support, um, which I think is much better for the Sixers. But again, no Joel Embiid, no party. Yeah, I, I was going to say, uh, I think that they're pretenders. Depending on like, and and I say that meaning like like Sandy said, they could be contenders if Joel Embiid was healthy. Now because we don't know the timetable on Joel Embiid and when he's gonna get back, I'm sitting here saying to myself, all right, if I hold him out and then say he's ready to go 100 percent or 95 percent ready to go by playoff time, it's still the history there is of Joel Embiid playing through injuries or coming off injuries or whatever in the postseason is there. So. Right me it's a, that's enough for me to look at another team like the Milwaukee Bucks and the, the Celtics even maybe the Cavaliers in comparison mm-hmm. to the to the Sixers because I look at them and I look at the Cavs and I'm like all right I know Donovan Mitchell can give me you know 30 a game 25 a game do his thing in the postseason but Jared mm-hmm. Allen he's been there's been a emergence of him more so this season than Evan Mobley's was last season which is a good thing for both parties involved because they're both killing it on the interior uh in the paint and then you have uh Darius Garland and things of that nature like the Cavs just have more people I think on their squad in comparison to the Philadelphia 76ers where they have a lot of role players who like Sandy just said the ball's being fed to Joel Embiid and you're supposed to just do your job at the end of the day now when he's not there we're looking at Tyrese Maxey and half court sets and trying to run the show I remember Maxey's first game I think without Joel he had 50 and I think zero assists or something yeah. like, like, it was, it was, and I was like, all right, well maybe this is good for the night, but I don't know in the long haul, if we're yeah. gonna, you know, so that's actually a really good point to, to bring up Embiid 
playing through injuries in past playoff. Like we've mm-hmm. seen what it looks like. Um, and it's not pretty. So I, I actually do really yeah. like that point. Yeah. All right, let's move on to hoops. New York Knicks. Talk to me. Nice. Hoop, go first. This is your team. You get to go first. Um, I, <clears throat> this is the best like Knicks team I've been alive for. Um, <laughs> they're, they're really good. I know. Um, it's just, it was 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, anyways, uh, I think like, you know, trying to look at it from an unbiased perspective, I think they're contenders, mm-hmm. um, based off my, uh, criteria of, I see a route where they could potentially win it all. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really like about the team is that yes, they have offensive firepower. <clears throat> um, we've seen with like Randall was an all-star again, um, an excellent interior force aside from like the obvious of Jalen Brunson. Like they have Dante DiVincenzo who in black history month averaged 26 a night throughout the entire month of February. <laughs> I saw that graphic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bogdanovich was an excellent pickup. He went six mm-hmm. for six from three the other night. Alec Burks is a excellent veteran who has performed very well for the Knicks in the past. Um, and Brunson is the closer. The reason why I think they're contenders this year is because, because Brunson is an elite closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and RJ Barrett is gone. Not that I want to slander his name, but in terms of like strengths, sorry, in terms of like strengths and weaknesses in a lineup, I think you could put out five players, six, seven in different types of rotations for the Knicks that are elite, both offensively and defensively. Mm -hmm. With a lot of these really good teams, they'll have a weak spot like on the wing where you could plug a shooter, you could plug a defender. Mm -hmm. The Knicks have Ananobi, a lot of two way players. And even with Jalen Brunson being a weak defender uh, matchup wise. He, I'm pretty sure, leads the league in charges by a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he is an extremely gritty defender. Um, that's assuming he makes it to the playoffs alive, because I feel like every game he's just going to pass out with how much work he has to do. Um, but with how the Knicks look, I like with their size, Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein, Julius Randle, that's a ton of size that the, the Cavs couldn't handle last mm-hmm. year, that a lot of teams can't handle, um, and their grit. Josh Hart is not called to play a million minutes now. He could go in for 15, 20 and absolutely lay his life on the line. Um, they already have playoff experience. They have the the only inexperienced player on their roster is Deuce McBride, who has played excellently this year mm-hmm. and is an energy player more than anything. And he's at their position where they need him least, which is where Jalen Brunson is. Um, so I can confidently say, like, without trying to just, you know, root for them because they're my team, I mm-hmm. think they're a contender. If they're healthy, of course, the year they're good, they don't got to be healthy, but right. hopefully everyone comes back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep mine short and sweet because Hoop hit on a lot of the points, same points that I would have. I think they're contenders. They're my first contenders, so I think it's obvious who my second contender is going to be. I, I, so you know you know who I'm going to say is pretender next. I told you guys I only have two per conference, but the Knicks are my contender. Um, there is a very realistic situation where I see them going to the finals. I think that they're guaranteed going to the second round, and we'll see again. It depends on health. Um, but one thing that Hoop didn't bring up that I'll bring up as kind of like the last point to add on to what he said, I think this is like the high, the, the highest like team morale or chemistry wise I've ever seen the Knicks. I think off the court, these guys are really close, which is a really big factor when it comes to especially playoff time. Cause like, are you willing to die for the, the Jersey and your teammates, right? Like, are you willing to put it all out on the line, yeah. um, to win it, not just for you, but for the guy beside you? 
and and I love to see New York. I mean, like Brunson and Josh Hart, you know, they go way back. They got their own podcast, right? And then Dante played uni ball with them as well. You have guys that are really easy to mess with, mesh with, like OG, you know, uh, Alec Burks has been there before. He's familiar Achoo with the, has been the area. very good as well. Exactly, right? Like and like and you have these guys who have had experience in the past playing together, not just like them trying to figure it out right now. I think the only really like really new piece is Bogdan when it comes to like being a foreigner to not because he's a foreigner, but like foreign <laughs> to those pl- playing with those players. Um, which is what I really like about the Knicks. I think that's a really underappreciated thing to have as a team like people don't really realize so that the knicks are contenders to me yes i i would agree i would agree for sure um i'm gonna keep mine shorter than that because they both hit on every single point that i pretty much was going to hit on um when i look at the eastern conference to keep it short and i look at the new york knicks like hoop alluded to when he when he first started this is the best knicks team i've seen in over a decade maybe or more I don't think, and I was thinking back to when they had Melo and Tyson. I don't think any Melo team is all the. Than yeah, this. and that's the thing. That's the thing. I agree with you now because I'm looking at I'm looking at the team and I'm like, okay, from top to bottom, all of the question marks that they had a few years ago, which mainly surrounded around Julius Randle, they nixed that by bringing in Jalen Brunson because now you have somebody who everybody and their mama can see Jalen Brunson's the number one option on the team. Now, Julius Randle being reduced to a second option is not a bad thing whatsoever. The pressure in and of itself is not really as much on him as it is on Jalen Brunson. But so far, Jalen Brunson in, what, five years has proven in the postseason? Pressure, he can handle that. At the end of the day, he's going to go get his own. OG Ananobi, like it. Tom Thibodeau not running his players into the graves. I like it. Now, are we going to see that, you know, for the foreseeable future? Who knows? Right. I think the only thing stopping the Knicks from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals is health and Jimmy Butler. So that's all I got. Y'all y'all might be in good shape. You know what I'm saying? I think they could legitimately run like nine deep. Yeah. If, if you're yeah. talking Brunson, DiVincenzo, Ananobi, Randall, Robinson, even if we take out McBride and he plays spot minutes mm-hmm. and you let DiVincenzo run point for a little bit, you got Burks, who will definitely play. Mm-hmm. Bogdanovich. Uh, Achua Hartenstein. That's nine very solid pieces right very, there. Very, very solid. And the way Tibbs be raising these players, bro, like they'll play 48 minutes if they have to. If Tibbs <laughs> forces them to. Right? No, you <laughs> know like, what I mean? Shout no, out, like, shout out these... Quentin Grimes. But the thing <laughs> is, when you have that many players who have went through the Tibbs system, you have that many players who, when the time is needed, you know? Yeah. So I, I'll credit Tibbs this time if they can stay healthy. Imagine, imagine we played for Tibbs and it's the postseason and we look up, we're going to fucking double overtime and we're like, coach, we've played 50 minutes. And then Tibbs looks at us and he's like, do y'all want a cookie or something? Get back out there. And I'll be like, all right, coach, I guess. We we want him gone next year. <laughs> Good Lord. What's the the next two teams we have? All right, Z. Milwaukee. Thirsty. I, 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 so I'll say right now, Boston's my last contender. I think that's very obvious. I think we all agree on that. So Milwaukee's a pretender to me. I already touched base on why I think this earlier in the episode, the whole Doc Rivers switch, Adrian Griffin, the, the culture in my Milwaukee right now is not the same. Ever since I got rid of Drew Holiday, they've really shown the players that they see them as a business. They don't see them as a core. They want it to keep together, whatever it may be. Chemistry is obviously not there. Giannis wants to be LeBron now, yada, yada, yada. I went through all this <laughs> pretenders. Word up. Uh, for me, I'd say that I've 
aired out all my discrepancies against the Milwaukee Bucks ever since they fired Adrian Griffin. And I had people who were Bucks fans and not Bucks fans telling me why he was gone. Uh, look, at the end of the day, it was all about the defense and they didn't like him in the locker room. I don't give a damn, bro. He lost 13 games in a 40 game stretch. Right. Suck my, you know what? Stop playing, bro. Stop. What are you talking? And then they, and then they bring in Doc Rivers as if the basketball gods themselves said, here, they're opening up the gates. In out comes Doc Rivers. I'm back. How y'all doing? Where's my son? Like, like, bro, at the end of the day, when I look at this Milwaukee Bucks team, like Saney just said, Drew Holiday, losing Drew Holiday for Damian Lillard was just a simple case of we know for a fact that we're giving up something that's very valuable or was very valuable to us winning the championship in mm-hmm. perimeter defense. I've said it before. You can make a case that Drew Holiday was the best perimeter defender for the Bucks in the years that they were contending and winning that one championship, right? Mm-hmm. Even you can make a stronger case over Giannis because Drew Holiday was getting it done in terms of impact. But they had to nix that to bring in Damian Lillard because they wanted to switch up the offense, even though Damian Lillard and Giannis, what we thought was going to be pick and roll heaven, that's just not Giannis's game. Like, and just to be fair, you know? in theory, Dame to Milwaukee seemed like a no brainer for Drew Holiday because it wasn't working. They were getting bounced out the playoffs right. very early, right? Um, but they lost to Milwaukee, was it? Am I am I wrong in saying that? To um, you talking about they lost Milwaukee to last year and they, maybe the year before as well. Anyway, Milwaukee wasn't having playoff success, so fair yeah. enough, right? Break up the core, whatever. It just didn't work out the way people saw it. Um, also, real quick, I just want to make a note. We're 40 minutes in, so I say that we make the Western Conference a separate. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. make more sense. I'll, I'll, I'll put like a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode saying, we said it was going to be both. Yeah. It's not going to be both. And Sandy, uh, if I can remember correctly, last year was Miami with the Jimmy thing. Miami. And, okay, and yeah, year. it was. Yeah, yeah, because bro, before Caleb Martin was, the... was, was doing this to Giannis, yeah. bro. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the year before was the Grant Williams Game 7, I think. Ah, you are correct, because I was in Mexico watching that. Yes. So I see why they did it, but it didn't work out. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Let's wait, move who, on. Who, 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 oh, wait. Yeah. Uh, I said it before. Like, Dame isn't moving me. It might come back to bite me if, if he just completely smokes us in the playoffs like he did Denver. Uh, that was one of the best playoff games I've seen in my life. But aside right. from that, <laughs> I don't know, bro. I'm just not, I'm not moved. I think he uh, has a tendency to get inefficient, and he doesn't look for easy shots um, when the defense tightens up. Not to say that there's, I mean, off the top of my head, obviously Boston has great perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if these other contenders would switch the uh, Okoros of the world or the Ananobis of the world onto Dame, but uh, I don't see him like being uh, the the person to take them over the hump that mm-hmm. he was supposed to be, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that theory is going to pan out this year. Fair point. I would say... Um... To me, it feels disrespectful to call them pretenders, bro. It really does. But, like, at the end of the day, when you look at the facts, man, this team has been struggling to find their identity outside of Giannis and Damian Lillard, I would say, for the most part throughout this season, while at the same time having to deal with Damian Lillard being virtually underwhelming at times. But I've said it before, like, when you're on a new team and things like that, you know, you're you're, you're supposed to be given a little bit of leeway to find that rhythm or whatever. but because so many other things have happened with this team outside of Dame and Giannis, like the Nassus, let's be real. The hell is he doing there? Mm-hmm. That's Giannis' little brother. That's Giannis and him. Nah, <laughs> get him out of here. He over here smiling and clapping. That's it. We don't need none of that. I, 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 I have a hot take. I don't mind him being on the Bucks. 
because usually when it comes to playoff time, teams run a nine, eight-man rotation, yeah. right? You don't really see a team really dabble into the 10, 11, 12-man spot or whatever, but you need, what is it, 12 guys is the requirement? Yeah. So if I have to give up a roster sprout for a guy who seems like he's really keeping the locker room together, if we're being real, I mean, Pat Bev came out and said that he was one of the best teammates he's mm-hmm. ever been around in the few weeks he's been there. Um, it keeps your star player happy, who's a top three, top five player in the world. I don't know where you rank Giannis right and now. And your brother. And, uh, your brother. and his, his brother, right? Like, it keeps him... It keeps him happy in Milwaukee because let's be honest uh going from Greece to Milwaukee is probably not great uh I don't I've never been to Milwaukee in my life I have no information on Milwaukee I am Canadian Milwaukee does not sound nice he just fried Milwaukee Milwaukee <laughs> does not sound nice am I am I wrong in saying that let me know is Wisconsin I, I never, a nice I've never spot? been there is Maybe Wisconsin, some, it doesn't nice seem cheese. if it to me to me we would have seen more NBA players sign there if it was nice you know what I mean it doesn't seem like a great area to live in if I'm being honest, and, and if it, to my Milwaukee fans, I love you. I'm not hating. I'm just it's not a free agency destination, right? It's not a spot I, yeah. free agents go to. What free agent free agent has gone to Milwaukee? It, that's what I mean, right? It doesn't seem like a spot where guys tend to go to if it's not for a trade. Because Ray uh, got drafted there, right? So yeah, yeah. Every every like it's either trading or drafting. So Alcindor. So, <laughs> so what I'll say to the you know. Uh, to your point, see, it makes sense to keep him on the team. I'll be honest. Because yeah. um, you have to do everything you can to keep a guy like Giannis in Milwaukee. Right? Yeah. You're not yeah. you're not a big market. So all right. Uh this we're going on to the two to the two spot. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm gonna start by saying this. I'm gonna charge my computer for this last 10 minute stretch because my computer's about to die. So y'all just talk calves. Pretenders. I know Sandy doesn't. I know you you want to give us your thing first? Pretend. This is right. a, you don't have to explain the Celtics, so you can yeah, just give yeah, your Cavs yeah. thing, and we can just wrap it up. We all know that Celtics are yeah, yeah. We have no reason yeah. to explain that. But, I think the but, Cavs are pretenders. I'll just say that okay. right now. Yeah, I agree. But I do want to hear who, your thoughts, because last last year, around this time, maybe, uh, you were you were going on record talking about how much you know you you know think Jason Tatum's overrated. So. Now, oh, oh he's trying to instigate my. Uh, nah, that was Tatum a year Sanders. ago, but I, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not. He no, said no, he was no, close no, no, to no. being a superstar hoop. Can you agree yeah, he, Tatum's a superstar yeah. now? What do you think? That was literally my question. I, I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to uh, get back to you on that because I, you know my definition. Yeah. Can you be a top five player in the league year in year out? There's a lot of good players in the league right now. So I would you to, think? I, I still, I, the, I fear the Celtics. I do not fear Jason Tatum. I fear the Celtics playing them immensely. I mm. think they're incredibly like two-way oriented. I think their closing lineup is ridiculous. Right. I don't fear the closer. Right. You know what? I respect you for standing ten toes. And shout out! It's 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 uh it's Joe Mazzula that really like like initiates this because I think Jason Tatum is an incredible basketball player. Mm. Right. I just think his play style is being toyed with in a way that it shouldn't be. I mean, you're right. We'll be out there trying to pull like Steph. And exactly, <laughs> someone, someone tell him he's like six ten, bro. Yeah, yeah. Someone tell him I'm go to your damn lane. That's a. Well, well, I'm not gonna spark this convo up. Who? That's a conversation Say, we'll have for another hey, episode. We'll hold save up, it. hold right now, real quick. L- uh, last two minutes of the game, two oh, dudes Lord. dribbling the ball up the court. Mm. Same teammates, Jason Tatum or Kawhi Leonard. Who are you more scared of? Oh, Kawhi for sure. Stop playing with Kawhi him. Kawhi Leonard. 
Dang, that's a good goal. Oh, that's a good. That's a good point. Exactly. That's a good ass point. It's been that way for the last five, ten years, bro. <laughs> we need to have this. We're saving this discussion for another time. We're near hey, the end oh, of our episode. So, shout out Cavs, though. Um, I think they're incredible, and I don't want to just say like they're not contenders because we dogged them last right. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think definitely it'll help with Mobley and Al another year of experience for mm. me though. With their shooting, I, I saw a lot of their their hot play right now has been. You know, shout out like Jordan's Niang, Dean mm. Wade, guys of that caliber. Right. If they can, Okoro has shot well, but not Okoro, historically. Okoro has been good. Yeah, you know, people are calling and, him a bust. Shout out to yeah, Okoro. And I just, that. I just need to see that uh, consistency more, especially right. with Darius Garland as well. Um, right. But I think they're they're on the brink. I think they're on the brink as well. But for me, I've just seen Donovan Mitchell in his Utah years. Like so many times, you see Donovan Mitchell in a high seated team. It's been a trend. They're great. Yeah. They're great. He's a to me. He's shown me at up to this point, he's a regular season leader. If Donovan Mitchell is your main guy, can you win a playoff series? I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair for me to say that because you know they had great teams back in Utah. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing the run now in Cleveland. This isn't new to us seeing Donovan Mitchell have a top seed in whatever conference he is. Can it pan out in the playoffs though? That's what we have to sit and wait to see. But that's, that's why the, that's I have him a, as a pretender. That's the thing too. Like it's different. Maybe he wouldn't fold in another city. Like he folded exactly. in SG. And that's like a different environment that you yeah. can't really, uh, Maybe. you know, we'll see a tribute to every team. But I think this is a great way to wrap up the episode. We all think the Celtics are contenders. If you don't, then you, you are you're crazy, crazy. Um, but thank you again for listening. I, this was a really fun episode. Uh, apologies if you thought we were going to do both East and West. I mean, clearly we did not clue into the fact that we were going to have discussions on every <laughs> too much team. Taj Gibson day, too much Taj Gibson day, <laughs> but you know, next week we'll do a Western conference episode. I think that'll be a great way to kind of segue into closer to MVP talks and award talks. You know what I mean? We'll be nearing that point of the season. So yeah. thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure to check us out on all socials at YamTimePod for most platforms. If you're on Spotify, make sure to react below by telling us what you think about the episode or just react to the poll, whatever poll that we come up with. We, we do one for every episode. YouTube, comment, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to sell my soul for this podcast and give you guys the spill that basically every creator gives. If you like it, then stay. Um, but we'll see you guys next episode. Peace.